thank you, choir. You may be seated. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 is a commission. He tells the next generation preacher, he said, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his, and his kingdom. Preach the word. Everybody say, preach the word. In the commissions of scripture, we find, we find it said by, by our Lord just before he ascended, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Everybody say, preach the gospel. He also says in the same setting written by a different author, Matthew, and he says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. Paul said to the church in Rome, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. Thank God for the gospel. How many in the building are thankful for the gospel? Amen. Praise God. But the scripture goes on to say, it says, how, how can you believe in him in whom you have not heard? And how can you hear without a preacher? And how can he preach except he be sent? Thank God for preachers. I said, thank God for preachers. Amen. One of the things we're very intentional about here is training up to send out and the next three men that I'm going to bring here that's going to be licensed with our Anchor Association of Ministers, we want them to come with their spouses today. We want Brother Chuck Bell to come at this time. Amen. Brother Sister Bell to come. They're going to stand here. We're going to anoint them in to a licensed minister with the Anchor Church. Isn't that wonderful? What a, an amazing couple. An amazing couple. Hallelujah. We want at this time, uh, we want at this time Brother Greg Rose and Sister Rose to come. We want them to come at this time. Just fantastic people. Amen. Brother Brother Marion Madden, Brother and Sister Madden, from the anchor in McConnellsville. Amen. Who went in the car? Amen. I want our senior elder to come, Brother Tom Melick, if he would. And uh, I would like for our, our pastors, the anchor church pastors to come and stand behind me. Our daughter work pastors, if you would, stand right behind me. Amen. As I commission these today, hallelujah. You may be seated out there. The Bible tells us to walk worthy. To walk worthy in the calling of God. Paul said we did not come before you crafty or 
deceitfully. He said we walk transparently, godly, with no evil report. He said you can't find an evil report about me, is what he was saying. He said because we walk circumspectly, we walk as a representation of Jesus Christ. I say to you ministers and wives that when you are a minister, you live in a glass house. Everything you do matters. You have to think before you speak. You set a standard for those that's looking for God in your life. You represent the priesthood of God. Whether you're on the job, on vacation, whether you're in church or outside the church, how you conduct yourself matters because you represent God. You're not God, but you represent Him. You're ambassadors of Jesus Christ. Amen. What a great call. What an overwhelming responsibility to stand between someone and eternity. I've often pondered the question when Jesus said to his disciples, says, he said you can hold their sin or release it. It overwhelms me to think that somebody's eternity can be in my hands and what we preach we will stand in judgment and give account for make sure you don't preach ideologies or opinions or waving culture there's no room in that here this is a pulpit and everything that comes across the pulpit or out of your mouth must be true amen Philosophy never saved anybody. Ideologies never saved anybody. Humanism isn't going to save the soul. But I'm going to tell you, there's power in preaching. By the foolishness of preaching. There's power in preaching. Oh, let there be a hearty amen from somebody who's been saved by the preaching of the Word of God. Hallelujah. You're here today because whether someone's worked with you or somebody worked near you certainly has seen that you are ready for this role in life. Brother Greg, you're young in the Lord, but you're not too young. Man, God did a quick work in both of your lives. The anointing upon you all was so special. Amen, Brother, Brother Charles and Sister Tina. I've watched God over the years make transformations in your life that have been so overwhelming. The spirit of servitude, Bible studies, and, and Brother, Brother Greg and Sister Brooke helping McConnellsville. Let me just talk about them for a moment, then I'll give them the charge. They serve with children's ministry and teach them Bible studies week after week after week. We believe in that. Amen. We love how you serve here, also working in Elisha ministry and helping us on Wednesday night services. God sees the servitude of your heart. Amen. Brother, Brother Chuck, we call him. Brother Bell, we honor you today. All of those Saturdays, you gave up to go to the prison to preach the gospel. Jesus said, I was in prison, and you came to see me. And all of those people that's repented because you preached to the anchor church in of jail. We believe in that. We believe in that. Eternity will reveal. Amen. 
Brother Sister Madden, I've watched God move in your life. The pastor speaks so high of you. Amen, Brother Gators, Pastor Gators. The role you play there, the teaching of the Word of God, and watch how you have grown in the Lord and who you are. You will be a light in a dark hour. You're going to be a light. The devil's going to do everything he can to put out that light. But darkness can never penetrate the light. That which is in you is greater than that which will ever be against you. Hallelujah. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. For the rose, for the bell, for the madden, Preach the word. The power is in that word. There's power in that word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all, remember, long-suffering. Be patient with people. Give them time to make decisions and grow but do it with long-suffering and doctrine, which means teach. It's not good enough to rebuke. You've got to teach the why. Why it was wrong. Why they need to change. Be patient with them, but teach them. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. He said, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Let me just speak it plain. We are going to live in a day and we're still here. But not everybody's going to like what you're preaching. Not going to like what you're teaching. They're, gonna like, they're not going to like your doctrine. But you don't change the word because somebody has a lust issue. Amen. You preach the word whether they obey it or not. Because it's not to the unbeliever. But when people believe it, it will save them and change them. I commission you tonight. Don't water it down because somebody doesn't like it. Because if you water it down, it won't work. It's defiled. Revelation says if you add one word to it, he's going to add the plagues to your life. If you take one word away, he's going to take your name out of the Lamb's book of life. What was he saying? Because it's the word that makes transformation. Let there be a hearty amen. He said they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. What's he saying? Don't stop preaching truth. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and make full proof of thy ministry. Amen. You receive that charge. I want you to say, I do. Elder Melik, would you anoint them as this church stands to pray over these ministers? Hallelujah. 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 I would like you, gentlemen, if you would, to go down and I want you to pray for them. I would like my wife to come and I want you to lay hands on these precious sisters, ladies of God. Hallelujah.
Let's pray. Lord, I'm asking you to protect, to prosper, and to preserve them. I'm asking you, God, to give them discretion and endurance. I pray a holy anointing upon their life that you would give them favor with you and men. That when they teach or preach, whichever you have called them to do, they would be anointed mightily to do the work of an evangelist. Hallelujah. Let your spirit, I pray, oh God, rest upon them, rest upon their home. I pray the anointed would be so powerful that chains would be broken in the hearer's life. Now while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. Let that happen in our day. Let that happen upon these preachers today. In the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. I say to you, preach the word. Would you clap your hands and thank God for his word? Pastor Gators has been a disciple maker with all three of them, mentoring them at some level. Amen. Aren't we thankful for these ministers that are now licensed with the anchor? Praise God. Let's give the Lord a big round of applause. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Why don't you turn and greet a few people and tell them I'm glad you're at church with me tonight. God, praise God. What a fellowship. What a joy divine. Leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way. I'm leaning. Come on, anybody still leaning on the Lord? How many still trusting in the Lord today? Oh, clap your hands and praise him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. The book of Hebrews chapter 6. Going to preach to you for a few moments before we take communion as a, as a body of believers. 
It's electrifying it is in here, isn't it? You know, I heard of a church that had electricity, but it wasn't electrified. You could be in an old brush arbor and it'd be electrified. I mean, no, we still need that Holy Ghost and power. I said, we need the anointing of God. We need something that can heal the body. Take a black heart, wash it with red blood, and it become whiter than snow. We need a God that can move among us and push back every curse and every darkness. Years of deception and lies. Come on, I believe God tonight can set somebody free. If he's ever set you free, shout amen. Hallelujah. I really do. I believe 2020 is gonna be a, a very powerful year. The Lord showed me in prayer that he's gonna bring joy back to the church. Joy. Somebody shout joy. Elbow your neighbor and say joy. Come on, even if you can't sing, say joy. Joy, joy. Somebody shout, shout ha. Shout ha ha. Now you're laughing at church, amen. He'll put joy in your soul. He'll make you want to clap your hands. Come on, the devil should have taken you out while he had you, but he messed up. God's going to baptize you with joy. Well, I better move on. Hebrews 6. Brother, Brother Derek makes me want to preach. Amen. Appreciate Brother Derek. He's anointed of God. Praise God. We welcome those from Cambridge tonight. We're so glad you're here. Aren't we glad for the anchor of Cambridge? How about the anchor of Coshocton? We're glad you're here. Anchor in McConnellsville. We're glad you're here tonight. And New Lexington. Praise God. Crooksville. Gloucester. Come on, it's not going to stop there. It's going to keep on spreading. All right. I'm going to have to behave myself tonight. Hebrews 6, verse 18. But that by two immutable things in which it was what? Impossible for God to lie. Somebody shout, it's impossible for God to lie. I'm just going to let you know what it means. If he said it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Come on, look at somebody say, God said it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Does that resonate with anybody? It hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen. <laughs> anybody been praying? Anybody been believing? And if you've got a word about your family, it hasn't happened yet, but it's impossible for God to lie. He said we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Which hope we have as an anchor, somebody shout, an anchor of the soul. Both sure and steadfast and which entereth into the veil, that within the veil, 
whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Let me just word it this way. He went into the Holy of Holies so we could access God because he's the anchor. He's immutable. He's, he's unchanging. He never lies. What he was yesterday, he's gonna be today and forever. If he said it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. When everybody else changes, I'm almost done with my sermon right here. Hey, when everybody else changes, he remains the same. People in your world might change, but he's not changing. Economy might change, but he's still the same. Come on, the health might change, but God remains the same. He's never changing. Clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. Why? Because he made an oath and he made a promise. He could not find anybody else. The Bible says for a man shouldn't swear because men are not necessarily immutable. Men are unstable. Men are corruptible. How many know that? People are temporary. They waver and change in time. That's why the scripture says that you shouldn't swear because people can change. When you make a promise, you don't always keep it. So when he swore, he swore on himself. Why? Because he knows who he is. He's the same yesterday and forever. And the Bible says, he said, I'm the Lord and I change not. Man, I'm glad to be in a Bible-believing church here right now. People that know the scripture. It makes preaching fun when they already know where you're going. Come on. He said, I'm the Lord and I change not. He knew he can make a promise on himself. Why? Because he's going to fulfill his word. He's not changed by culture. He's not changed by kings. He's not worried about economy. Storms don't bother him. Because no matter what's going on everywhere else, he remains the same. And that's what our faith should do. Is when tempestuous storms come against us, we cannot back up and say God does not care. No, we need to understand he's the only one that can calm the storm in our life. He doesn't change when the winds and the weather and opposition. Hallelujah. I say to you tonight that when Simon Peter and the disciples were crossing the sea and they were in, in the book of Mark crossing the sea and the storm came against them and it looked like the ship was gonna sink. How many's ever had some situations where it looked like everything was gonna cave in? It looked like the ship was gonna sink. But Simon Peter was wise. He went down in the belly of that ship. He came to the Lord and the Lord was asleep. He's not worried about the storm. You know why? Because he's God. He's got the answer. They didn't just do it by themselves. They went down in that ship 
and said, Lord, carest thou not that we perish? And the Lord came up on there, stood on the bow of that ship, and he said, Peace, be still. And when he did, the war, the wind, and the sea obeyed him. You know why? Because the weather changes, light changes, people change, jobs change, your hair color changes. Your smooth skin's gonna change on my legs. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You're gonna get old. You're gonna get crow's feet because the body changes. But you remember this. The house you live in might change. The house you live in might tear up. The car you drive might deteriorate with time. But I come to tell you, there's something in this room that never, ever changes. And his name is Jesus. And he's the answer to everything that we need here tonight. He cannot lie. If you've ever had a promise and your promise or prophecy has not come to pass yet, I want you to stand to your feet. If you have a prophecy or a promise over your life that it hasn't happened yet, I want you to stand to your feet. Do not question God. Do not say in your spirit, he can't. Understand that God does not operate in the time of humanity. In God, really, there is no time. He is outside of time. What you've got to do is you've got to let your faith be confident. It hasn't happened yet, but my faith is steadfast. That's why the Bible says, cast not away. Therefore, your confidence Do not cast away your confidence in him because everything around you looks like the promise is not going to happen. You've got to hold on, get a bulldog grip on faith and say God can't lie. And if God says it's going to happen, it will happen. Clap your hands and praise him. Amen. You may be seated. We know that God can't lie. We understand as an anchor. It loses two points as the anchor. It says which hope we have, verse 19. Which hope we have as an, somebody shout anchor. Anchor. That's why we call the church the anchor because he's our anchor. He's the anchor of the soul. Glory. Y'all feel what I feel? And the anchor is both sure and steadfast. You see, when you're anchored, you can guarantee it's going to be all right. It's sure. It's surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. It's sure the Lord is going to take care of this. When you have the anchor, it becomes sure. The world fades away. Things change, but God is sure. What I'm saying is, you can find him tomorrow like you found him yesterday. He's gonna be there tomorrow and the next week and next month because he is an assurance. They used to sing a song, Blessed Assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste, joy divine. I'm preaching to you. People in your family you love could die off in their age. They will not always be with you because time will fail them. But not God. He will be with you. He is an assurance to you. He will always be here. 
Everybody shout steadfast. It's like the old palm tree. Wind blows it over. Hurricane rips the buildings down. But when the hurricane is gone, the palm tree is still there. It's steadfast. It's rooted. You know what I believe? I believe we have a hold of something that will never leave us nor forsake us, but will be with us even until the end of the world. Come on, the devil's going to fight you, but greater is he that's with me than he that is in the world. Somebody say amen. When I think of this verse, I find that it gives us a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold, to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Can I tell you today that Zanesville and Southeastern Ohio, they do not need another nice church building. They don't need a proper preacher with this just a degree on how to speak how to counsel. You know what they need? They need a refuge. And in that refuge, there's a miracle worker. In the scripture, there was a city of refuge. If somebody made a mistake, they could run to the city of refuge. And when they got there, as long as the high priest was alive, they could stay there and they were protected from their past. I'm glad to tell you today, the anchor church is a refuge. It's a refuge. It's a refuge for people of every background of sin that say, I don't want to live in the penalty of my past. I come to tell you, there's a place you can run to and his name is Jesus. He will be your refuge from the past, from the penalty, from the death of your sin. Somebody say amen. amen. He's a refuge you can run to when the doctor says all I can do He's still the anchor of the soul. When everybody else says there's no hope, you can find refuge. And I just want to hit this here tonight as I move on. There's going to be people, there's, there's hundreds of people over the years I've watched walk away from God because of the lust of their flesh, offense of their spirit, desires and culture pulling on them. They, they, church became inconvenient. Sundays became just an obstacle to their path of success. And so they started skipping church on Sundays and different times to find their path of success. It was no longer important to be in the house of God, taking time prayer was just in their way and so through time they wandered away from God to only find themselves miserable doing things they wish they would have never done emptiness no joy and no happiness and there's going to be a point that they say how, how did I get here how in the world did I ever get to this place they're going to be like the prodigals that made this when he said he said he said when he was there he came to himself what am I doing in a pig pen I don't belong here I think I'll go to my father I'm glad to tell you the anchor has room for you the anchor has room for you I don't care where you've been how far you've been away from God there's a refuge he's still the same loving father he's always been because he's immutable and he never changes somebody say amen right now we're doing everything we can to get the gospel to as many people as we can whether it be through live stream, which we do tonight, and we're trying to better that all the time with the spirit of excellence. We do so many different things. We've got podcasts now that are monthly downloaded by more than 50 countries, more than 50 countries every single month. 
Even today, just today, hundreds of people already watched the service from this morning. People that live in, in neighborhoods. Maybe there's no churches in their community. People have contacted us around the world that have been touched by God from right here locally. You know why? Because the refuge is not a church building. It's not 1365 Chamberlain Street. There's a refuge in Cambridge. There's a refuge in Coshocton. There's a refuge in New Lexington. There's a refuge in Gloucester. There's a refuge in McConnell's Hill. There's a refuge. There's a re Come on, there's a refuge in Roseville. There's a refuge. Hey, it's in 2020, let's not lock God up in a building. Let's not lock God up in a building. One of the things you can see on the highlight video, you can see the sermon that Josh Carson preached here that changed my life forever. He made one statement. You may be seated. He said it this way. He said, he said they did not pray for Simon Peter when he was in prison. They did not pray for him to get out of prison so his life could be better. They prayed for him to get out of prison so he could further or advance the kingdom. And it hit me, Brother Lee. It hit me. What did, in the book of Acts church, the first church, what did the enemy do to try to stop the gospel from spreading? They would imprison the preacher. And it hit me. If that's the tactic, is to imprison the spokesman or the preacher of the gospel, then what? I really don't hear a whole lot of prisoners, preachers going to jail for preaching today. Except the modern day prison of the gospel is a church building. I'm going to say it again. I want you to hear it. The modern day prison of the gospel is a church building. Who the Paul would roll over in his grave if he thought the gospel was preached two days a week. Are you ready? He would roll. Simon Peter would lose his mind in the North American church thinking that the gospel is not only, only preached on Sunday and midweek, but it's only preached to people that's already heard it a thousand times. It's convicting. Christianity to lock the gospel up on a Sunday with a handful of guests to hear the gospel when there's thousands of people dying to hear it. I submit to this congregation our problem is we want pastor to preach the gospel when he's called you to preach the gospel. 
When we talk about the anchor church, you think 1365, you take, think of the church that maybe you were, you haven't turned me off, have you? If you, your, your little radio dial right there you've got in your spirit, turn it back up. Hit the volume on high right now. Let me preach to what I'm feeling right now. Because God didn't call a church building to reach the community. He called the church. And the church is not one man or a handful of elders. You know how the gospel got out of Jerusalem? It got out of Jerusalem not by preachers but by believers. And that's why when he commissioned the gospel, he said things like this. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That was not the elder. That was not the presbytery. That was not, it was just the believer. I wonder what would happen if this entire church started realizing, you know what? I think I've got something to say. I think i got something to tell. I think I know enough to tell my neighbor about the goodness. Come on, I really believe. So what I'm preaching as I come to a close before we take communion, you must understand here tonight, the anchor is not a church building. The anchor isn't even just a preacher. The preacher's only one of the anchor. Who is the anchor? Yes, it's Jesus. But he's not living in your heart to only be your anchor. He told Timothy, he said, Timothy, he said, this word will not only save you, it's going to save them that hear you. You know what that means? I am the anchor to somebody. I want everybody to jump to your feet that would and say, I am the anchor to somebody. Somebody's depending on you. We're trying. We're trying. You know what I say? If pastor or your pastor calls a revival, don't stay home for, for fish dinner. Don't stay home to, to play uh, euchre, whatever you do. Because it's euchre night. If pastor calls revival and he feels to get the gospel out of a Sunday box, you ought to be there. If he calls revival and preaches it himself, you ought to say, thank God we got a pastor just got out of jail. Come on. You know what? If my pastor's preaching, if my pastor's preaching, I think I'm going to invite my neighbor. I'm going to invite a coworker. I'm going to call my grandkids because I want them to hear what God's saying to the church. I want them to hear the gospel. Somebody say amen. amen. I want you to shout real loud. I am the anchor. I am the anchor. Somebody. If you're going to be the anchor, are you ready? Can't lie. Let truth come out of your mouth. If you're an anchor, you're going to love God. Brother Derek, if you come. And you're going to love people. I want everybody to say, we love God. And we love people. God did not just call you to be saved. It's not biblical. He called you to be saved. And he called you to love people. Everybody say, love God. And love people. Sister Bounds, everything we do here is to love God and to love people. That's what, it, that's what envelops me as an anchor. We love God 
And because we love God, we love people. Some of you, if you're not careful through advertisements and, and the constant pushing to the consumer, you'll find yourself wanting more of stuff that doesn't satisfy. When Jesus said to the disciples when they come back from grocery shopping, he said, I eat meat that you know not of. What was he saying? I just shared the gospel with a woman. And now I want your life to be changed. I'm going to tell you, you, you couldn't make enough money, have a great enough vacation, couldn't get a big enough raise to make you feel as good as it does when you lead somebody to the Lord that didn't know God. I eat meat that you know not of. I know it's so out of the box, but I want everybody to shout, I am a preacher of the gospel. Come on, men and women, I want you to shout, I am a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's going to use men and women. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Do you believe that? Oh, I said sons and the daughters are going to prophesy. Old men, young men, Everybody, shout everybody. everybody. Don't stay home from church because you're an anchor to somebody. The day, come here, Pastor Christman. The day that that saint you represent out there, their prayer is going to be answered for a family member, a neighbor. The day they're coming that you've been praying for is the day, come here, be the devil for a minute. Sorry. Because <laughs> the day the devil creates all type of opposition because the promise is about to come to pass. You be in covenant with God that I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to live my life and I'm going to speak faith. I want everybody in, the, in, in here, I want you to bow your head and repent. Say, God... I, don't, I do not want to be locked up hiding the gospel from the unbeliever. This year, I'm going to be closer to you than I've ever been. And this year, I'm going to share the gospel with somebody that's never heard it. Sure and steadfast, I'm going to be more faithful than I've ever been. I will be more joyful than I've ever been. Forgive me, God, today for getting too busy to be concerned about what you died for. Just love the Lord for a moment in your own words. Come on, all over the building, would you love the Lord? You can be seated, but just pray for a moment. Why don't you take a moment, just where you are. I am the anchor to somebody. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Come on, just take a moment and love him. Let the word work in your spirit. 
It's not a building. It's an atmosphere. God, I pray for our online campus right now. They will feel in their home what we feel in this room. Every single service that they tune into, that you would speak to them. Let them be blessed. Let them be taught. Go ahead. I want you to begin to pray for your city. Come on, Cambridge. Come on, Coshocton. Come on, McConnellsville. I want you to begin to pray for your city right now, God. We got to get the gospel outside the walls of our church. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise God. We're going to have communion tonight. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. In the book of Matthew chapter 26, the setting of communion is such to remember the Lord's body. How many know that? Everybody say remember the Lord's body. But it's also to love his body, which means his people. I'm not going to teach it tonight. I realize I've already preached, but I want you to understand communion is about remembering what he did and loving the product of what he did. It's called the bride of Christ. Everybody say love God and love his people. Communion is not just about loving God. It's about loving his people. It's imperfect because you're here. And I'm here. And that's why in John 6, in Matthew, and Paul, when he spoke about communion, are you okay out there? Just be a moment. That's why before the Passover, during the Passover, and Paul speaking about the Passover, in every place where he said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, I am the bread of life, he ended up by saying, there's a betrayer. The day of that he broke bread, he said, there's a betrayer. When Paul spoke about, in 1 Corinthians 11, which we're going to read from, Paul spoke about in the day in which he was betrayed. Why? Because if you're not careful, you can love God and fall out of love with his people because somebody betrays you. 